the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So many different ways to God, and they all fail miserably. The Apostle Paul lays all of that out in chapters 2 and 3 of Romans. By verse 21 of chapter 3, though, he turns the tide, as we'll see next. Join us. As fallen men and women, we have every conceivable idea that we can come up with other than what God has chosen to get to God, if we want to get to him at all. And they all fail miserably, and that's what Paul lays out in chapters 2 and 3 of Romans. But by the 21st verse, we get a clear indication of what God says really matters. Our ways? Well, not so much. His way? Yeah. Oh, and it is a way. Join us for an encouraging look at one God, one righteousness, one faith. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Are we praising Him for what He has done? And as long as we spend our weeks thinking mostly about ourselves and what we are going through and what we've got to do, that it's all about me, then it's never our minds and eyes are never set on Christ. They're set on us because it's about my life. It's about what I'm going through. That is why Paul, as he writes to believers here, says the Holy Spirit keeps our attention before this righteousness so that we will look at God and his goodness and his love in Christ and his faithfulness to his covenant. And the greater we see him, the more magnificent we see his righteousness And then our boasting recedes and our pride goes down. Then something else begins to take its place. Praise, thankfulness, humility before others, a willingness to confess our sins for God reigns to bring down our pride and to exclude our boasting except in him. If we saw life for what it really is, Without embarrassment, every time someone compliments us about anything, no matter how trivial, such as, honey, that was the best soup I ever had. Oh, my love, God fed you with that soup. Give thanks to him. Every bit of health, every breath of oxygen, every clean glass of water, everything, God did this. In fact, Jesus Christ secured this blessing for me by being cursed in my place because he was the seed of Abraham who secured all the blessings of the covenant so that everything I have, everything you have, comes directly through his mediation and through his spilled blood for all of us. No boasting except in the Lord Jesus Christ. If the boss says to you, man, 
you did a really good day's work today. Should you say, thanks, I thought I did. No, you will tell your boss as a way to witness to him and to set yourself up as someone to watch, to see if your life backs up your words. God enables me to do this. And I'm not preaching to you. I'm just stating the truth that there, if, if there is anything in me that is at all good, God put it there. Not me, not anyone else, not my environment. God did it. You see, we need to think seriously about what was in Adam's heart when he ate that fruit. There was wicked ingratitude and audacity unmatched in the annals of human history as supreme arrogance. What did he do? He listened to Satan. You will be as gods. And Adam said, I will define good and evil for myself. And since that moment, a leprous pride has lodged in our hearts that enslaves the high and the mighty, the rich and the poor, and everything from the inability and the unwillingness to admit wrongdoings, even in the smallest things. Do any of you live with a spouse, or are you that spouse that no matter what happens, I am not going to admit that I am wrong. I am always going to find a way to explain how this is not my fault. How it is really your fault. Or someone else's fault. It's just a small thing, we think. No. It wrecks relationships over time and creates incredible eccentricities and oddities. But this is one area that pride comes to expression, beloved. Other times, it is the incredible link to which we will go to hide our sins from ourselves and from other people. You see, that is what pride does to us. Pride literally makes us ugly. It makes us selfish. It makes us pretenders. Pride makes us hiders. It makes us liars. And nothing, as in verse 28, brings down our pride. Nothing than being confronted with the declaration right there in that verse that if we are to have righteousness before God, our works do not come into consideration at all. Why? Because we don't have any. We have nothing good to offer to our God And you need to take this seriously. Because even today, uh, you go away from here and you say, you know what? I'm not going to believe that gospel. Or whatever that preacher even said. You need to know this. This is what God says. That you have absolutely not one scrap of anything that will bring God's favor to you or me on the day of judgment. When we stand before His holiness, when we tremble before a holiness that angels cannot look at unflinching, when I think I'm going to bring some excuses, oh, beloved, there won't be any talking on the day of judgment. There won't be any deals that we will be able to make with God. There won't be any, well, you know, God, I did this for you. We will see His majesty And put our hand over our lips and beg like John says in Revelation 
And Isaiah says, for the rocks to fall on us and for the earth to open up and swallow us before the dread of his majesty and the glory of his holiness. There are no excuses. There's no deals. There's no hiding place. For we have nothing. And we need to hear this. Because if we do not hear this, we will not truly flee to Christ. And we will never love him. And we will never be able to sing the hymn 453. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. With anything more than just, oh, that's just a hymn that we've sung before. No. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. He sank into the abyss of hell under the just wrath of God to bring me up that I might be a son of God. What a gospel. What a savior. I don't have any good works. I'm not going to look to his word and his work. I'm going to believe this law of faith. I'm going to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the gospel man thinks of himself. And the gospel woman thinks of herself very differently than the man and the woman of this world thinks. The man and the woman of this world have something good. I'm not as bad as others. I have something that will get me out of the jam on that day of judgment. If he ever thinks about the day of judgment. The gospel man, the gospel woman says, I am nothing but unclean. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he will be merciful. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who looks to the Lord Jesus Christ will be justified. Now, we don't like to hear this humbling gospel. You know, no boasting, no works, none. But understand that God loves us. And he knows it is deadly for us when we try to share one spark of glory with him. That is deadly for us. Plus he knows that all our joy and peace is to seek what we lack, which is everything in him. So the gospel of Jesus Christ says, there are no works of righteousness that we have done, but according to God's mercy, he has saved us. So when Jesus Christ becomes all our plea, then and only then we have joy. When we look at all our righteousness in him, we have peace. For the chastisement, all our peace was laid upon him. And it is his obedience that is our boast. His sufferings are our glory. So when we are empty to pride, no boasting, no works of mine, then we begin as Christians to say with John, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that includes in my marriage. My Lord Jesus must increase, but I must decrease in this marriage. I must decrease, not my will, not my criticisms, not my hurts, not my feelings. We must, or we do wear these on our sleeves as Americans. And no wonder half of this nation is nothing but a covenant-breaking, divorcing set of people. Why? Because it's all about me. 
It's all about what I'm going through. It's all about what I'm feeling. Not the righteous God must increase. He must have his way. I must decrease. Everything I have is in Christ and his righteousness. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. How many rebellious young people? Oh, this nation is filled with them fornicating earlier than ever in life. Distracted perhaps beyond any hope of recovery. Because we do have to understand that God does give some nations over to a reprobate mind. And however much our heart's desire is for them to be saved, God's intentions is not for them to be saved. Now we don't know who they are because this is all God's domain. But we need to face the reality That when the children are fornicating in the streets and throwing off all authority and throwing off all respect for authority and actually many parents like to have it this way. Why? Because they don't want any mirrors held up to their own rebellion. Yet we have to understand God is giving people over. Now young people, do you want to stay out of the morass then he must increase but I must decrease it doesn't matter if I like what my parents have to say it doesn't matter one bit it doesn't matter if I see warts in them or inconsistencies in them but preacher I could tell you things right now that would show you that my parents are the biggest hypocrites that have ever walked the face of the earth he must increase But I must decrease. Not my will, but his will be done. Not my glory, not my goodness, not my ways, not my will. His ways, his will, his word. I will obey and honor my parents. Are they worthy of it? It doesn't matter. I'm going to submit to my husband. Is he worthy of it? It doesn't matter. I'm going to love my wife like Christ loves the church. Is he worthy of it? It doesn't matter one bit. Oh, my friends, all that matters is, is he worthy? He has loved us. He has given us righteousness in his son. He has bared his holy arm and given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us adore him and rejoice in him, no matter our consequences or our situation. But our hearts are cold. So verses 29 and 30 come, and the Holy Spirit thunders at us to waken us from our slumbering so that we can flee to the Lord Jesus Christ, the refuge from the wrath to come. Now, spiritually blind men are going to hear all of this and say, oh, whatever, that's just your sectarian view. You follow your tradition, I'll follow my tradition. You do what you want to do, I'll do what I want to do. That is as much our age as it was the Roman Empire in the days of Paul. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And there is only one thing that can awaken us from these deadly dreams. You do understand that most Americans believe they are living in a Walt Disney movie. You do understand that Walt Disney, the master escapist, when you wish upon a star, be whatever you want to be, 
And that is the way most Americans live, in the fantasy of their own making, and sinners love to have it that way. Yeah, but, um, uh, oh, we can hear their excuses now. You believe what you want to believe? We'll go our own way. The only way to break that delusion is for God to come to us with his powerful voice and say, I am the only God and there is only one righteousness and it is through faith in my son. In other words, God has to reveal himself to us and cast down all of our idols and all the dreams that we have set up. There is one passage that I think of in scripture more than any other. Paul will quote it later in the book, but... It is Isaiah 45 that I think of when I think of God revealing himself to be the God of all men, not just the God of the Jews, but the God of the Gentiles as well. The one God designed to awaken us from our slumber so that we may see how much we need this righteousness and then run to Christ. And if we are believers to rejoice again in the freedom and the liberty of conscience that we have before God And his cleansing. Isaiah 45 beginning in verse 5. I am the Lord. And there is none else. By the way he is saying this to Cyrus. Who was a pagan king. He's not saying this to the Jews. If you have read Isaiah. Or if you haven't. I encourage you to do so. Because you'll see that Isaiah speaks to the Jews. And the Gentiles. Back in the Old Testament. Because everyone is under accountability to God. Verse 5. I am the Lord, there is none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no and there is no else. I form the light. I create darkness. I make peace and create evil or calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe unto him who strives with his maker. Let the postures, pot sherds strive with the pot sherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him who fashioned it, Who makest thou, or thy work? He hath no hands. Look down to the end of chapter, of the chapter, verse 22. After going through and rebuking all of the calamity and the blindness of men, he says in verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself. The word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him men come, all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. There is one true God. This is the one true God to the Jews and the Gentiles, as Paul says in Galatians 3.30. He is the righteous God. Before him, we are all liable to judgment. 
we are unclean and we are certain to perish forever. I can't dwell with the everlasting burnings. Can you? Our God is a consuming fire, says the apostle in Hebrews 12, 29. Can you dwell with him? Will you be able to bring forth any excuse for your impiety? Will you be able to come up with an excuse for the lies you have spoken or some of the words that you have said? You talk too much. You talk about yourself. And you talk about nothing. So do I. All the private sins of the heart of the little indulgences we think, oh, no big deal, will be exposed in an instant to our terror-stricken hearts on that day of judgment. You know, the reason God brings forth this verse 29, that he is the God of everybody, I'm God of the Jews, I'm God of the Gentiles, is to remind us that our eternal happiness or misery depends upon us hearing this. The reason he brings this forward is that we must have a righteousness that will meet the demands of his scrutiny, that will satisfy every stroke of his justice against sinners. None who will lack it will escape, none. And we will never be persuaded to flee to Jesus and to abide in him because it's not enough to say, well, I went to him two years ago, but have you ever since? We belong to Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. This is the reason why we need to be reminded of God's holiness and our sinfulness. And that one day every one of us here will stand before the holy justice, the throne of God. What law, beloved, will you bring forward in that hour? Will it be the law of Americanism? I'm basically a good person. The power of pride. Will it be the works of Judaism? Of Roman Catholicism? Of the cults? I did all these things the leaders told me to do. Or will it be the law of faith? I had nothing. And I clung to the Lord Jesus Christ, his obedience, his blood, his cleansing, not mine. This is the reason the apostles, when they went around preaching, they never preached like men preach today. They didn't preach about three ways to make your life better. They didn't preach about five ways to be happier. They didn't preach about such nonsense. They preached on sin and righteousness and judgment. Let's just take a minute and look at three examples in the New Testament. First, Acts chapter 2, verses 33 through 38. This one is particularly important because it is the first sermon after the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church in his fullness. Starting in Acts 2.30, and this is in the middle of Peter's sermon. I'm not going to read the whole thing as much as I would like to. But speaking of King David... He says, therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him 
that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witness. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which we now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he, ha- he saith himself, The Lord said unto me, Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do well that's all the time we have this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose it is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's word And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866. Eight six six five six zero seven. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.